0: Today's show is brought to you by Capital One's CreditWise app. Capital One created the CreditWise app so you can check your credit score anytime you want right in the app. It's free to everyone, so download CreditWise today. Availability depends on presence of credit history from TransUnion. CreditWise is offered by Capital One Bank USA NA. Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me, as he always does on Tuesdays, the ice cream man, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. <laughs> What's going on, Chris? There's his music. Ice cream man. Oh, that's Gucci <laughs> Man's music, man.
1: Come on. That's Gucci Man's music. It's the ice cream man.
0: Hey Kevin, so we got a lot to talk about today. The first of which is, before we get into everything, uh, we are going to give our five things we want for Christmas NBA edition, but before we get into that, two big injuries uh, that could switch the balance of power possibly in terms of seeding in the Western Conference. Uh, First, Blake Griffin with a, quote, minor knee surgery, which you wrote about recently. And then we got the news uh, over the course of the last 24 hours that Clint Capella, the outstanding young player for the Houston Rockets, is going to be out at least a month. Uh, Let's start with Blake Griffin. You kind of wrote about how this could affect his free agency. We've talked about maybe if he would possibly get traded even uh, this year, being in a contract year. But that is a, uh, I would say a big loss for the Clippers, but... Over at least in the past, they've sure they've been able to get by without Griffin.
1: Yeah, you're right, Chris. They, they've they've played quite well with them. They're 41 and 23 since the 2014-15 season without Blake. So extrapolate that out to a full season, it's about 52 wins over a full year. So they've been good without Blake. But I mean, look, they're they're better off with Blake. I think everybody knows that Blake has been unbelievable this season. Um, putting up big-time numbers, 22, 9, and 5 just about, um, it hurts. It hurts, and it's disappointing to see this happen for the Clippers. Um, they have been they started the year red hot, and they've, they haven't been quite as good lately, but it just sucks. I mean, <laughs> that's the only way to put it. It's disappointing um, to see Blake have all these injuries, a guy like him. I think he could be a Hall of Fame-level player. Um, it's just disappointing to see a guy go down at his level.
0: You wrote about how this could affect his free agency. Do you really think that somebody might be wary of giving him the full max deal uh because of this?
1: No, um so yeah, people can read read that on the Ringer and pretty much to sum it up, it's not I'm not saying that someone's not going to give Blake the max. It's just that you need to be a little bit cautious considering his his history i mean i listed the the injuries he's had to his leg he's had a broken kneecap a meniscus tear a partially torn quadriceps knee bone bruise sprained knee strained hamstring that's all to his left leg and then he's also had a back stress fracture a right elbow staph infection a broken right hand and now he has the minor surgery to his right knee it's the first injury he's had to his right knee after all left leg injuries um, throughout his career. So you've got to be a little bit cautious, a little, a little bit worried about the potential of further injury in the future because, look, there's been guys in the past like Mari who have had who have been big-time free agent signings. They've had injury risks, and they've turned from franchise savior to an albatross contract. And I hope Blake Griffin doesn't become that. No matter what team he, no matter what team he plays for, but the possibility is there. Considering his history, and you got to be a little bit cautious if you're the Clippers or any other
0: team. It's interesting that you bring up a couple guys that were outstanding athletes prior to their injuries, because even as you chronicled in that article. I was I was I was surprised Blake Griffin he has al- usually when guys have a uh, a string of injuries um eventually especially if they're super athletic they've got to reinvent themselves as something else and we've seen tons of guys do this over time it's it's crazy but he's almost like already reinvented himself on the fly and to wit you put in the article like he used to like a huge percentage of the points that he scored came off dunks and that number has gone precipitously down over the last couple of years
1: yeah you said it Chris um so basically the first three seasons of his career about one third of his made field goals were dunks and then that dropped to one fourth after he tore his meniscus and then, ever since then, it's around one eighth. About one eighth of his made field goals are dunks, um, and that and the change has been that he obviously he's shooting more jumpers. First, he extended to mid range, and now he's starting to shoot more threes. Um, so he's dunking the ball less frequently. Lob city isn't really a thing anymore, and it really I think that's good for his game. I think I think he's obviously a better, more well-rounded player today than he was when lob city. You know, we were talking about him and deandre jordan love city right i I think he's i think everybody would agree that blake's more well-rounded today but the issue is the fact that unlike then he's not staying healthy now so for the clippers or any other team that signs him um and free agency I would just like to see further evolution, and this is something I wrote about back in August. Uh, does Blake have Does Blake Griffin have have another gear? That's the title of the article. If anybody wants to check it out, um, and basically it's just talking about his ability as a playmaker. He is, possibly, in my opinion, one of the best ball handling, passing big men ever in the history of the NBA. But he plays on a team that has maybe one of the best point guards ever so obviously chris paul needs the ball in his hands and that limits blake griffin's playmaker playmaking opportunities less less so than he already does um So regardless of what happens in his future, I would just like to see that be the next step in his evolution, more of a point Blake um, um, role for him, whether that that means staggering the minutes with the Clippers or whether that means he signs with another team and they put him in a playmaking position, maybe more of a primary ball handling uh, role.
0: Let's talk about the Capella injury. He broke a broken fibula in his left leg, expected to miss um, possibly six weeks of game action. He's having a really good season. He's averaging 12 points, eight rebounds, uh, crazy field goal percentage. He's shooting 64% from the field. And, like, their offensive rating, I think, was 118 with him out on the court. They won 10 in a row, hottest team in the NBA. But now uh, this feels like a, a very significant loss for the Rockets, no? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely
1: significant, um, but I wouldn't rule out them being able to stay afloat. I mean, they have Nene, Montrez Harrell has been good. Um, I think I think they have the guys to keep them afloat um, while Capella's out, but obviously it's a disappointing injury. And I know there are reports today that they're going to keep their finger on the pulse of the trade market. Who knows who who would be available, the type of player they could go for. There's obviously Nerlens, Noel. You could could throw Andrew Bogut's name out there. There are options for them to trade, to make a trade. Um, And and that could be a a good idea for them, regardless of Capella's health, just to have that extra depth. Um, But without him, I think they'll be fine. Uh, It is a loss, though. James Harden loses his lob partner. But, look... They get a lot of weapons on their team, and I think they have better depth than people give them credit for.
0: The Noel name being brought up is interesting because he's obviously pissed off in Philadelphia, um, and they've got a glut of of centers, right? He is not necessarily yep. uh, a necessity for Philly. Where are you at on Nerland's Noel, and what kind of trade value he has? Do you think you can get big return for him? <laughs> well colangelo said yesterday that he's in no rush to
1: make a trade and and that was obvious back in september because that would have been the best time for them to make a trade um i think i think noel's value noel's value hasn't dropped but but the sixers standing that their leverage has dropped right so noel's the same player he was before he's still a great rim protector he's still a super athlete still a versatile defender um I'd love to have him on my team. Um, and if I were the Sixers, I'd I'd be wanting to move Okafor and not Noel if I were them. But look, they say they're not in a rush to make a deal, and I, I believe them just based off what I heard back in September and the impression that I get now is that they're okay with – Going through with this as long as I can because I don't really think they would get a whole lot for him right now because A, the fact that everybody knows the Sixers don't have any leverage, and B, the fact that Noel is a free agent, a restricted free agent this summer, so he's going to get paid. So any team that does trade for him, it could potentially be a rental if you don't want to match the restricted free agent, the offer sheet he gets um, signs this summer. So look, there's a lot of factors working against the Sixers in terms of. the the value they can get back for him but it's in their best interest in my opinion to move okafor and or noel at some point during the year
0: you think noel and Embiid is a is a pairing that would work obviously we haven't gotten to see it much because Embiid's just come back and and uh this year and noel has been out for the course of this year and hasn't played big minutes yet uh for them do you think that pairing could could work together it could work a lot better than Embiid and Okafor, that's for
1: sure. Um, uh, <laughs> I, pref- I I prefer. I I just prefer, you know the modern style I'd like to see the lineup with Sarich at the four more so than Saric at the three right um, but I think if you're playing with two bigs yeah I totally think Embiid and Noel could work and I think Noel's versatility his ability to defend the perimeter allows Embiid to stay a little bit more inside and be more of that uh, traditional rim protector but down the line it's not like it's not like not like in Blake and a guy that can switch more onto the perimeter so I think yeah if you had Embiid and Noel it would be a great too big lineup if you do have to roll with that. Otherwise, you have Embiid as your starting center, and you could have Noel as your backup center. And even if they never really shared the floor, you would always have a great rim protector on the floor. And there aren't a lot of teams in the NBA that can say that. So that's why if I'm the Sixers, I'd be trying to move Okafor. And I wonder if low-key that's what they're thinking. Like maybe that's why they're actually benching um, Noel (laughs) is to try to maybe – increase okafor's um value try to get okafor out there more i don't know exactly but i i I just think okafor is the guy you get a deal if you're the sixers and then maybe you keep noel past the season you match the free agent contract he signs maybe he suddenly gets happy because it sounds to me like he really just wants to play and obviously he wants to get paid and i don't know if that matters if, if for him if it's in philly or anywhere else
0: Put on your GM hat. Would you rather would you trade more to get Okafor or more to trade uh to get Noel? I think I'd I think I'd give up more to get Okafor. I'm not done with him. I think he's in a bad spot. Um
1: I know I'm going to give a really wishy-washy answer, but it really depends on my current team's roster, but generally I'd rather have Noel. Generally.
0: Yeah, I'd rather have Okafor. I think he's the more talented guy, and I think he could. I think he could be good somewhere else. Okafor, I'm not. I'm not done with him yet. Yeah, I think right? he could he's be. Too. A, this is. This has been a bad season so far, for sure. But I'm not done with him. That's fair. And you know, I don't like guys that can't shoot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing with him though is, you know, not only does he not shoot, is he doesn't rebound. And currently, uh, he no, doesn't no, no. I was talking about Noel. Either. Noel
0: doesn't shoot. Noel. I mean, hell, I could outshoot him from the three point line. He'll never <laughs> take a three pointer. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just think I could, Noel's ability to Okafor, offensive end is unbelievable. I could see Okafor developing that and being like a stretch guy, right? Like, I think, I think Okafor's shot looks good out to like twenty something feet.
1: I don't know, man. I mean, he he's shown off that no. little short twelve twelve foot fourteen foot mid range jumper, but. I, I, it's sure it's possible. I mean, anything's possible, but I just don't see him developing into a guy that stretches you out to 18, 20 feet, and neither will Noel. The thing is, though, if I'm building my offense, what kind of center do i want on the roster if you don't have a transcendence level player i would rather have the rim runner the guy like Nerlens noel the guy who who sets screens and runs pick and roll who throws down lob dunks more so than the post-up guy like jalil Gafour. um and factoring the fact in that noel is just a hundred times better on the defensive end both as a rebounder and as a versatile rim protector ability to switch i just think noel is far and away a better player than okafor and unless okafor starts rebounding which he had never has unless he starts defending which he never has then i would much rather have noel but with that said okafor is a great score the guy can get buckets so if you do need a guy off your bench like that i can see why you would lean towards
0: him but generally i'm all the way under lens noel Wow! All right. Well, we certainly disagree on that. I'm, I'm more Okafor than uh, than Noel, and I would give up more to get him. Uh, it's all right, because you're get a Memphis guy. To- you, you,
1: you you like that Zach Randolph comparison, probably, right?
0: Uh, I mean, I like. I just I thought Okafor was uh, amazing in college, and I think that. It's hard to evaluate. I know Embiid has been spectacular, but I think it's hard to evaluate guys on the Sixers. That is such a miserable losing culture, yeah. and I think he never probably wanted to go there, and he's probably not used well, or at least to maximize what he is, especially with Embiid back. And I think a, a different setting, a different culture. I think that guy is a, is super talented, and I think you know, extreme can be extremely useful still in the league, like in the, you know, in the Al Jefferson type deal, right? Where he's maybe, maybe, maybe things have evolved where a lot of these big guys are now coming off the bench, and that's fine. But I do think that Jalil Okafor, I, I, I don't know, I, I still think he's super talented, man, and I, I think it's hard to make decisions on. Sixers players, especially him, based upon like they lose every friggin' night. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they lose all the time, and and he's also on a team that happens to have a glut of centers. So I I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm willing to give the kid a chance in another. I hope you're right, and he does get traded because I think in a different situation he could still be a, a very valuable NBA player because he's got the talent.
1: That's fair. I think you might find some people right. that would rather have Rashawn Holmes than Julie Lilke for, though. Holy mackerel. <laughs> I, I'm going to mention Rashawn Holmes the- on every podcast. Your favorite player.
0: How dare you, how dare you, how dare you. All right, you uh, you recently wrote about three-point, sh- or we talked last week, we chronicled three-point shooting and how it's at an all-time high around the NBA. You took on another subject this week on the com, which was the pick-and-roll. And you talked to a lot of different people about it. And while we said that three-point shooting is at an all-time high, this pick-and-roll basketball, the numbers, I was kind of surprised, uh, there is a much higher percentage of pick-and-roll basketball being played than there was 10 years ago, you know, when it was more isolation basketball. But then you talk to different people. You talk to Lou Williams and you chronicle this. You talked about the two-man game that they've got going on in Toronto with Lowry and DeRozan that's created this devastating offense. What were your biggest takeaways from trying to dive in and and figure out the way people think about – using the pick and roll and why it is so much more prevalent now than it was say a decade ago so
1: the main takeaway for me is is it's really just interesting to to look at how much it's evolved um a because like you said they're using it more um around 10 years ago in 2006 according to synergy synergy sports data about 15 percent of possessions were finished um with a shot a turnover or a drawn foul out of out of the pick and roll compared to about 25% today. So that's a drastic di- difference within just 10 years. Um, but not only that, has the style of play changed um, generally in terms of less ISOs, less post ups and more pick and roll. But it, it's just interesting to see how teams use the pick and roll so, so much differently. Um, So like the Charlotte Hornets, for example, they set a lot of double high screens. And what that means is both big men come out to the three-point line or or beyond, and they're both setting screens for the ball handler, Um, usually Kemba Walker for the Hornets. So they have a bunch of bigs like Cody Zeller, who's a, a very good rim runner, Frank Kaminsky, who demands respect from the defense. They have Marvin Williams, a small ball four, Spencer Hawes, who can shoot the three. They have a lot of different types of bigs that allow them to set the double high screen, and it's very hard for the defense to defend because the bigs are a threat. And so that opens up the paint for Kemba Walker, whereas other teams, they're just running more traditional high pick and roll. You have other teams like the Warriors who teams are switching against, so last season they had to find ways to beat that switch. So they did things with Draymond Green to combat that. Um, they did things with their guards to combat that, with them kind of like slipping screens and then just scurrying out and shooting threes. Um, if you want to read more more in depth about it, it's in the article. It's, it's tough to talk about. It's something visual, uh, watching the replays, so that you can understand it more. But it's just really interesting just to hear about some of the little things teams are doing to adjust to what defenses are doing with the aims of stopping the pick-and-roll and tag.
0: And I love the video that you embedded on the article where uh, Larry Bird teaches us the pick and roll. That's
1: a cool one. That's really (laughs) cool. I I had
0: to find a way to,
1: to put that in there. It's a good one.
0: Two other guys that you mentioned at the end of that article that I want to get your thoughts on, because you do a bunch of draft analysis uh, prior to. One of them was Jalen Brown, uh, who was the third pick by the Celtics, and you kind of chronicled how – I mean, he's been very, very good uh, in the in the limited minutes that he has played this year. I'm actually going to get to see him in person tonight uh, for Ooh. the first time, so I hope he plays some minutes. Um, do you think – first, give me your thoughts on Brown so far. And I know we're just like 30, 40 games into the season – if we go back and we redid the draft tomorrow night, is it – Jalen Brown still goes third, you think? You think yeah, he still goes uh-huh. – you think, you think the yeah. top three still goes – we haven't seen Simmons yet. But do you think the draft would go Simmons, Ingram, Brown? Yeah, I do. You do? Yep. What do you think about Brown so far?
1: I think he's been really, really good. I think if he weren't on the Celtics, if he if he weren't on a team that's really trying to win games and, and he'd be playing more than, I think he's playing 14, 13, 14 minutes per game right now. If he was getting a workload of like 25 minutes per game, I think we could be talking about him as a potential rookie of the year. Um, obviously his usage would be different playing on a, on a different team, but he's been really good with his role. He's been shooting the ball well, 35% from three, um, he's been driving closeouts just incredibly well. but He really shows off his athleticism when he drives to the cup. Uh, he's been finishing at the rim a, a little bit better, more creatively than he did at Cal last year. I thought he had a lot of difficulties finishing at the rim. Um, I worried about his touch. Um, I'm I'm not so worried about that anymore, and, and I I don't really think it's a small sample size. It, this goes back to really. Um, summer league summer league Jalen Brown started having a little bit more creative finishes at the rim used his left hand a little bit more at the rim and he's still doing that now and that bodes well for him those two factors a his ability to hit threes b his ability to drive closeouts and c his ability to finish that's really important for him as a young player his defense has been up and down but he's been really really impressive for the Celtics so far this year and it wouldn't be surprising if by the end of the year um, he's making more of an impact than he is even right now
0: OK, so we uh, we've we've all known that uh, Danny Ainge, whether it's, uh you know, acquiring the picks for in, in trades or he's got a bunch. of They got a bunch of like at least eight man rotation on a good team guys. And we know that he's been loading up to try to take a run at a star again in a possible trade. Jalen Brown being what he has been so far, who does he make? most expendable in your mind like if you're trying to put together those guys where you got smart and you got bradley and you got guys that people would want to trade for and get uh if they're if they're trading a star to you um who do you think brown makes most expendable on the celtics
1: um so you're, you're talking about in a scenario where they were to trade for a star player correct okay um so if they were to trade for a star, I don't think it would be a situation where the receiving team would want an established player. So that means the receiving team wouldn't want Jay Crowder, hypothetically, what we're, we're talking about. Um, in that case, I think Jalen Brown doesn't necessarily make anybody expendable in the sense that they needed a backup full, backup three. So if they were to retain Crowder and they were to retain Brown, I don't know if his presence necessarily impacts smart and rosier i think it's really the other way around that that rosier or smart impacts each other's value um i don't know if brown necessarily impacts either of them
0: interesting all right the other guy uh rookie who i i swear i don't remember the guy like virtually at all in college is check diallo um, who got drafted? He did not go in the first round. He actually went at the top of the second round, but uh, from Mali and didn't play much at Kansas, um, as you wrote. But in, I guess the limited, uh, you know, we got an extremely small sample size, but he looks like he could be a player, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's just funny because he's done more already in the NBA than he did all year at Kansas. And he was a top five High school recruit he was a he was probably one of the most more exciting recruits kansas could have landed um but he barely played he was in bill self's doghouse all year um that's because he just wasn't ready uh, he was really underdeveloped really raw and that's why he fell to the second round but after working out this summer he developed his jump shot uh training with i i believe drew cannon who i spoke to for this pick and roll article on the ringer um And he looks good. He looks pretty good. He looks a whole lot better than he did last year at Kansas. Um, I still liked him as a prospect, just the amount of energy he plays with and his athleticism, but the fact that he's added a, a jumper that goes out to 20 feet that looks really good, the fact that he's still finishing inside, like as you'd expect him to do. He looks like a good player, and he looks like a potential steal, and I'd like to see him get more consistent minutes with the Pelicans as the year wears on. I'd love to see what he's capable of doing, playing center next to Anthony Davis.
0: All right, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Kevin and I are going to give you our five things we want for Christmas uh, NBA edition. Capital One knows you've got questions about your credit. You may be asking, who's really in charge of my credit score, or how does my credit actually work? That's why Capital One created the CreditWise app, so you can check your credit score anytime you want right in the app. And it's free to everyone, Capital One customer or not. In fact, millions of CreditWise users have improved their score by 20 points or more, so download the app for free today. Availability depends on the presence of credit history from TransUnion. CreditWise is offered by Capital One Bank USA Late night TV just got darker. Deezus Nice and the Kid Mero have landed their own late night TV show on Vice Land, the new TV channel from Vice. It's called Deezus and Mero Late Nights at 11 p.m. You may know these guys from the Bodega Boys podcast. Yes, podcasters can become TV stars these days. You might know them from Twitter.com. Apparently, Twitter people can get TV shows, too. This is not your typical late night show. No white guys named Jimmy, no A-list celebrities selling their new movie, no scripted jokes, no band, just two guys from the Bronx giving you their takes on on culture, politics, sports, entertainment, and other subjects they don't really know anything about. Last night they had Katie Nolan, the great Katie Nolan, from Fox Sports on. Watch the show because Mero has mad kids and Deezus loves sneakers and they're funny and other late-night shows are corny. Watch Desus and Mero on TV on Viceland every Monday through Thursday night at 11 p.m. Go to Viceland.com to find your channel and check out some free episodes. The brand is strong. All right, so we came up with five things that we want for Christmas NBA edition. I'll start. All right, Kevin, I'll give my first then uh and then all we'll right. just go we'll just take turns on this, all right? Sweet. Number number one for me is Dirk Nowitzki to come back, okay? I thought of this because I saw the Duncan uh, ceremony the other night, and we've just been losing these guys. Like You don't get much out of Paul Pierce anymore. I mean, he plays a little, and he's on the Clippers roster. Vince Carter has had a resurgent season for the Grizzlies, but like that's kind of it of the elder states. We don't have a lot of elder statesmen left, and Dirk is the best of all of them, still capability-wise. I know their t- their season is going to be a wash, but he averaged like almost 18-7 and last year and was still really good, and he's sixth in NBA history in scoring. He is the sixth leading scorer in NBA history, and so I just feel like I'm hoping, that that is my at least wish, that there is more good basketball for Dirk Nowitzki left and that we get to see it because... I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like we were close to the end on him. You kind of knew with Kobe, you kind of knew with Duncan, you know with Pierce, you know with Carter. But I kind of felt like Dirk still's got good years left in him. So here's uh, here's hoping that we get to see a healthy Dirk Nowitzki again before before it's too late. That's a good one.
1: It's a really good one.
0: You're you're welcome. <laughs>
1: um. <laughs> Uh, so, earlier this month, <laughs> Russell West. this is the first thing I want for Christmas. So, earlier this month, Russell Westbrook had a game with 26 points, 22 assists, and 11 rebounds. What I want... Is for someone, whether it's Westbrook or Giannis Antetokounmpo, I want someone to have a 30, 20, and 10 game. That can be 30 points, 20 rebounds, or 20 assists, and then 10 rebounds or 10 assists. And the reason why I want to see this is because, A, it would be unbelievable, and secondly, because not a lot of guys have done it over the last 30 years. There's Magic Johnson, who scored 32 points, 20 assists, and 11 rebounds in 1988. And then the other guy, I get a question for you, Chris. In 2010, a player scored 37 points with 20 rebounds and 10 assists. Who do you
0: think that player was, Chris? In 2010, somebody had 37, 20, and 10? Yep. Who was it? Uh, I'll say Garnett. David Lee,
1: <laughs> David Lee scored thirty-seven <laughs> that was what points. I can get. That was my, that was, tw- yeah, that was my second. Yeah, twenty rebounds and ten assists in <laughs> a one hundred twenty-eight, one hundred seventeen loss to the Warriors. David Lee is nasty. So I want somebody to do what David Lee did a couple years ago, or or, or what Magic Johnson did in the nineteen eighties. I think that would be really cool to see Westbrook or Giannis do that.
0: All right, I'll, I'll go with the stats one for my second one. Okay, here's what I want right. to see. I want to see a sixty-point quarter. Now, Ooh. I went back and looked to see what – because I think it's possible. Now, I, I with, with, with what the Rockets are doing and, and the amount of threes they're taking, with what the Warriors are doing and the amount of threes they're taking, I think this is in range. Now, it has not happened. The highest scoring quarter ever is 58, okay? The 1972 okay. Buffalo Braves uh, scored 58 points in the fourth quarter against the Celtics, Right which is crazy because they lost the game right they scored 58 and a quarter and they lost Wow but they scored 58 in a quarter in that and I went back and looked and this is the closest that people have come we've had two 57 point quarters the 1989 Warriors did it once and they had uh, Chris Mullen Mitch Richmond Terry Teagle Steve Alford and Larry Smith all right, they did that in the third quarter of a game against the Kings. Then in 1990, the Suns with Dan Marley, Kevin Johnson, Tom Chambers, Mark West, and Kurt Rambis had uh, they they also had 57 in a quarter. They did it in the second quarter of a game against the Nuggets. Uh, mo- but nobody's really come close since 2010. The uh, the 2000 2000- and this is crazy. The 2010 Pacers, against the Nuggets, no less. I swear, all these games feel like they're against the Nuggets. Uh, 2010 (laughs) Pacers. This was their starting lineup. Darren Collison, Danny Granger, Mike Dunleavy, Josh McRoberts, and Roy Hibbert scored 54 in a third quarter against the Nuggets in 2010. But that's really as close as anybody's come. So we've had... 58 is the highest-scoring quarter ever. We've had a couple teams take a run at it and get to 57. The most recent one was 54, which is that 2010 Pacers. But we have never seen a 60-point quarter. And I do think, because of the way these guys are playing and how many threes they're shooting, I think it's in range that somebody could pull that off. Um, And then on the flip side, I'd also like to see a zero-point quarter. I went to go see what the lowest scoring was. (laughs) It's going to be hard to beat, man. In 1997, the, uh, the Mavs played a game against the Lakers and came out after halftime. And in the third quarter, they scored two freaking points. Two. In the quarter. No one has ever scored zero. <laughs> but two is going to be hard to break. So those are the two things. If I could get a 60 point quarter or a zero point quarter. And I think we got enough games left. And I kind of feel like offenses are, you know, with so many threes being taken, that this could happen. Can you believe that? There's never been a 60-point quarter? That's surprising. Yeah. Well, hell, I, I guess like you can't believe it. Well. Hell, you'd be on pace to score 240 <laughs> points.
1: You mentioned three-pointers in your second Christmas, Christmas wish. My, mine is also three-point related. Um, I want Joel Embiid to lead the NBA in three-point percentage. Right now, of players of the minimum 3 53 pointers attempted he ranks 10th in three-point percentage at 44.2 percent I want him to rise
0: up that list and be first oh maybe we could get him in the three-point contest too that would be pretty sweet wouldn't it right because he's going to be there for rookie sophomore for sure yeah yep right he won't make the all-star team but he'll be there for rookie sophomore and then we get Embiid maybe we get Embiid and Marcus all both in the three-point contest that would be pretty amazing. That
1: would I'd be, be happy with just amazing. one of them,
0: but both of them would be really sweet. All right, speaking of All-Star Weekend, here's my number three. Another uh, Christmas wish. Now, we have, like, this shooting stars. we got the three-point contest. we got the dunk contest. you got the skills. you got all that kind of stuff that goes on. Like, they make a huge deal out of All-Star Weekend, right? Here's what I want, yep. and I would watch this. They've got that, like, uh, you know, celebrity game, but it's 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 terrible. It's like Nick Cannon versus Michael Rappaport versus <laughs> whoever. I mean, no offense to these guys, but I don't really give a crap. Um, and, like, you know, Timberlake and Bieber Jeez, and none Nick of them Cannon play there. No, I'm just saying it's like, you know, Michael know, B. Jordan. I and it's like it, I, I, I... I like all these guys. But, again, it's not like Bieber and Timberlake and – usher and whoever it's like you know the same guys every year and kevin hart wins the mvp and whatever so they do all this different stuff on all-star weekend but i've got one that i want i want an old timers game everybody loves all these like legends of the game right you see these guys show up at games and everybody gives them a standing ovation we all love them and i do think there are some guys that would like be embarrassed and wouldn't want to be out there but I remember, uh, you know, in that celebrity game, Elijah Wan played in it. Do you remember this? And he did the dream shake. And Twitter yep. went crazy. I mean, absolutely crazy. Twitter goes crazy over, like, getting to see the dream shake, whatever. But I think, like, guys like Iverson could still get buckets. Like, I think you could get enough guys that think they can still play. And inevitably, somebody would dunk. Somebody would do the dream shake. Somebody, like, I think David Robinson could. St- Still go out there and dunk, but I want them to put together an old time, like an old timers game, like an all timers game where they get great players from the past. Um, you get enough to agree to it, and I just want to play, I want to watch them play basketball one more time. And if you got like some of the super duper stars, that would be incredible. Like if you could get a Magic or a Michael or any of those guys to do it. Um, but I that's what I want. I want I want I think that's the next step that we get like a legit like a Hall of Famers game or or it, they don't all have to be Hall of Famers, but an old timers game on NBA All-Star Weekend.
1: That would be pretty sweet. Does doesn't the NHL do something like that or or are, are they doing something like that? I, I for some reason I remember I think at the Winter Classic the uh Canadiens and Bruins had a had an had an old timers alumni game. I, I'm I'm pretty sure about that. Someone, someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this year it's uh, this year it's uh,
0: Blues Blackhawks, and they're doing it. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I just want like I think there's enough of these guys, and some of them, you know, you can have some of the guys that have been out for the uh, out of the league for a long time, but then other ones that haven't been out all that long, like former All Stars, right? In in honor of All Star Weekend. Yep. So they had to. I I don't. I don't care about seeing like, you know, guys that weren't great players out there. But I'm saying. Former All-Stars playing in a in an old-timers game. That's what I want. All right, what's your third? So I want the Kings to trade DeMarcus Cousins to a team with a
1: ton of assets, whoever it is, Celtics, Nuggets. I want them to trade him to a team with high-value picks and young players. And then I want the Kings to nail those first-round draft picks. And then I want the Kings to look like one of the best up-and-coming teams in the NBA next season. I know that's a lot to ask, but I want Boogie to succeed. I want the Kings to succeed. I want Kings fans to be happy. Chris, I, I just, I've thought a lot about this, and it really just reminds me of a bad relationship. I think we've all had a friend in our lives who's dated someone, and it was like a bumpy relationship from, from the start. Maybe they broke up, got back together a lot, but they always stayed together for far too long. Sometimes it works, and it's great. They get married, and they're happy, but Boogie and the Kings have been on the rocks for seven years now, and the big difference is the Kings can end this now, and Boogie can't until 2018 when he's a free agent. And I just want the kings to move on, find something new and it's hard to too, because boogie's sensational, but the kings can become great again someday too. I think with the right move, nailing draft picks, getting bringing in young players, I just don't think they're right for each other and I want the kings to be happy. I want DeMarcus Cousins to be happy, and I just don't think it'll they they're compatible together. Well, we know there's at least a couple media members that wouldn't kill the trade. <laughs> yeah that, that's that's true not not naming any names but there's a few i'm sure
0: yeah i don't they, they, they wouldn't they wouldn't be so distressed about uh usually if a guy if a team trades their best player you know the media in that town might uh might mangle the trade but i, I don't sense that that's yeah. going to be the case when uh when when old demarcus moves on Oh, uh, I know. Seriously. <laughs> the Joker, that, 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 that is worrisome. He he certainly hasn't made a lot of friends there, media-wise. Next one for me. I'll actually go piggyback off that. So that's fine if it's Cousins. I just had my number four was that a huge star gets traded at the deadline. I don't really care who – which huge star, but I want one that will like shift the balance of power where at least for the moment after the trade deadline, people are like, Ooh, well now could this team and and whether that was like the Celtics or whoever, like that, that, that at least makes us question Um, if the team could make a run at the Warriors or the Cavs, who are the prohibitive favorites in either of their conferences, so I'd like a big, a huge star to get moved. It's been a while since we have had one of like a big star get moved to a team, and I remember last year, like there was that short amount of time, or or, uh, where we thought the Dragach deal, right? Like that, that was a big deal. Where, Dra- or I guess it was a year before, where Drogba went to the um, where it went to the Heat, and you're thinking, "Wow, man, if they've got Drogba and they've got Wade and they've got Bosch but then you know the unfortunate uh, health health concern with uh, Chris Bosch kept him out, and that really like never came to fruition. But we thought, like, wow, like that. Now we got to start thinking about them a little different. They're gonna be they could be troublesome when it comes to the playoffs. So we haven't really gotten anything that. We 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 had that debate about in a while, so I'm hoping that this is the year that one of the I don't care who it is, just a huge star gets traded to where we at least think, whoa, this team could be a big problem in the playoffs. That
1: would be fun, just to
0: shake it M- up. You know M- what I, I mean? That,
1: yeah, yeah, it's always good when gets when things get shaken up in the league. Um, so my fourth, uh, what I want for Christmas is. I want just a little bit of patience for the 2016 NBA draft class. I think I think I've read a lot recently, or I've seen comments about how a lot of guys look like busts, and and I, I it happens every year. It's, it's it's only December, and rookies very rarely contribute, and um, they're no matter the situation they're drafted into. So. I, I would just like to see some of these guys step up in the second half of the year, um, allow people to relax and let these kids develop. I think there's been some bright spots so far in the draft. Sure, it hasn't met expectations at all. It has been disappointing thus far. But give the kids time. I think this is still a really, really talented draft class. And I think in the second half of the year we could see them step up, and that's what I would hope to see in the second half of the year.
0: I want to see Simmons so bad. I really do. And especially now Simmons and Embiid and just see what that looks like. I can't wait for him to come back. I hope he comes back this year.
1: Yeah, or or it's like Ryan McDonough said in an interview on SB Nation, I think yesterday, actually, he mentioned how, you know, Get kids like Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris consistent minutes. Even those guys, I'd like to see Bender play more in the second half of the year. Just, you know, get these kids playing time and see him develop. I would, I would really like to see a guy like Thawne Maker have a big second half.
0: Oh, speaking of that, uh, speaking of rookies, a couple of weeks ago was the first time I ever saw Brandon Ingram in person. It is like people talk about the Greek freak, you know, and like when you see him, it just almost doesn't even look normal. He is so long. I'm telling you, Ingram, it was freakish. Like he is super, super skinny, but I don't know if I've ever seen anybody with as long arms. I mean, this guy, (laughs) this guy, he is he is taller than I thought, and his also like his wingspan is just insanity absolute insanity i hope i get to see him a little more uh play some more minutes because just like uh, pure genetic wise he is a freak of nature man how long he is his his arms <laughs> i don't know if i've ever seen anything like it outside of Anta Tacampo. he is long you, that's short and, and you super, loved super Ingram, lucky. right didn't you didn't you love him coming out of the draft
1: ingram yeah he was my he was my number one prospect over over simmons um, yeah I mean yeah. he's he's playing a lot 27 minutes per game or so I think at least 25 but he hasn't been efficient at all but look yeah. that's the thing it's like I think it's unfair to expect a lot of these guys to come in right away and be super impactful players and it, it's really about tracking their progress from the start of the season towards the end of it and that's what I hope to see is that we continue to see progression from these guys and has just have a little patience on on our side, the media side, the fan side. Um, just give them patience. Yeah, that's just be patient. All
0: right. And uh, and number five for me is a hundred percent selfish, right? Because it's my squad, the Grizzlies. I just want to see what the Grizzlies. They spent ninety four million dollars on Chandler Parsons, and the 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 starting lineup as it was projected Oof, was Mike money. Conley, who's already broken his back. Um, you know, Mike Conley, Tony Allen, Chandler Parsons, Jamichael Green, and Marcus All. That starting lineup. And Chandler Parsons is supposed to come back this week. Uh possibly tomorrow night against Detroit for the Grizzlies, but that starting unit has played 13 minutes together the entire season. And the Grizzlies have stayed afloat. They're like 18 and 11. Um they're the 6, I think in 6th place right now in the Western Conference, but they have like Chandler Parsons has not hardly played at all. The what was projected to be the starting unit has played 13 minutes. Like juxtapose that, the Clippers, which now won't get any more minutes considering the Blake injury, but like their starting lineup with uh, with Paul Reddick, Umba Mute, Griffin, and Jordan, they played 447 minutes together. Right? What should be the Grizzlies' starting lineup has played 13 all year. So I do think that. Uh, I think they could be really good if they had everybody healthy, but it's been a two-year stretch where Memphis has just been totally unable to keep anybody healthy. It's been more an infirmary than a basketball team. So that's at least one of my Christmas wishes because I watch watch them all the
1: time. (laughs) On a related note, Chris, there was a tremendous post on Reddit last week, um, and forgive me, I don't don't recall who posted it, but it, it was just a great stat. Chandler Parsons has more Instagram posts than points for the Grizzlies this year. Damn. And I, I think it's like, well, hey, or yeah, yeah, yeah. let me tell Instagram you something. Po- post uh, to around 46 it, points.
0: <laughs> well, here's here's the thing, okay? The guy is uh, you know, you know, everybody has to dress up for uh, you know, if you're if you're sitting out of games and the you girls know. in the crowd just ogle the guy the whole time. And he's got some, like, I, I suppose he's got some stylist or something. So he'll wear, like, chain suspenders and all this, all manner of things every night. Like, I'm so ready for the guy to be in a basketball uniform because it's just absurd. <laughs> the, the other night, Kevin, the guy is damn near wearing yoga pants on the sideline. I'm like, Jesus, if the guy sits out for another week, he's going to be in a damn thong on the sideline. Like, enough already. Oh, <laughs> I gotta, this guy's got to get in a uniform. <laughs> he's going to be just wearing a – if Chandler, Chandler Parsons sits out for two more weeks, he's going to be in a Speedo. On the sideline, if the <laughs> MD, if the NBA will allow it to happen, it's just it's it's uh, ridiculous. So <laughs> no, I'm not I'm unsurprised. He's like an Instagram king, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he needs to score some points. <laughs> All right, what's your last one? So my last one is I want an epic, and I
1: mean epic christmas day game between the warriors and the cavaliers i want i want triple overtime i want big shots i want curry to hit big threes from the logo i want lebron to dunk on kd and then i want kd to dunk on lebron i want draymond karate kicks i want this game to be the <laughs> ultimate finals trilogy three preview i want epic play from the Cavs and warriors chris that's what i want that's my biggest christmas wish
0: I think we could get that. I, I think we could get a, uh, a an unbelievable game between those two. You know they're going to be all amped up for that game on Christmas. I hope they're all healthy, right? Because Love's been out with the little knee thing, and they've been resting guys. But hopefully everybody's healthy, and we get full squads for uh, both of those teams on Christmas.
1: would be pretty sweet, man. I, I hope we. I hope Love is back for that
0: game. All right. Well, there's our five things I think, that I think we might want we'll for a Christmas NBA edition. What did you really ask for for Christmas, Kevin? What do you really want? Like not freaking NBA. I don't, I, did you ask I, for anything? I don't. Besides the NBA,
1: I, I don't do ask for a lot, man. Just you know, good health for family and stuff. I know basic answer, but but it's true.
0: You really didn't ask for any material thing for Christmas.
1: Uh, well, right now I'm like I'm like renovating the room, so I'm going to be getting probably. Um, some stuff for the room. I'm gonna buy my own gifts for that um, to turn it more into a little bit of an office area. That way, with the I know we've I've gotten some comments about noises in the background. That way, that way, there's there's no subtle noises in the background from the place I record now.
0: <laughs> I'm doing it get, for you guys. you to get some. You're gonna get some soundproofing materials from uh, Home Depot nah, or something. Nah. <laughs> no,
1: but that would be pretty cool though, because. Um, soundproof the room for when i play guitar in there Oh, <laughs> well, you play guitar yeah i do what about you chris do you
0: play oh, the thing the things we, with the things we learned about kevin o'connor i do play guitar i mean i'm not that good at it but i've got like six or seven i'm going on almost 10 years now wow ten were you, years, you ever I in a band were, were you ever in a band
1: no i used to i used to jam with people uh, shout out to cedric my old buddy cedric he used to play bass with him all the time Shout out Caitlin, great singer. You used to used to uh, jam with. <laughs> um, so yeah, I never had a full had a, never had a real band, but I I played with people and you yeah, know, yeah, I, I would well, yeah, yeah, love to i again again in the future.
0: Shout out to C- Cedric and Caitlin, right? The everybody everybody, everybody yeah. know who we're talking about. <laughs> hey, hey, wait, is there any recordings of you? Like are you on YouTube or anything? Like did you ever did you ever play is there anything that you have ever recorded musically? That I could like, witness.
1: yeah, I, yeah. I've recorded things totally. Are, are
0: they on the internet? I, th- I think, I think,
1: um, maybe they used to be. I don't think they are anymore. Um, did you like have a like a name for the? Channel? Did you have a name? Did you have a name for the band or anything? No, no. Like it was never like a like a real band. We j- we just jammed, dude. <laughs> we just jammed <laughs> or did covers of songs. Uh, <laughs> yes, a lot, lot of stuff that we talked about last week. Have um, you ever played this in was fun. public? Never, never played in public.
0: Oh, you haven't. Okay, but there were no. There I, were no like, I haven't. No, but there are like secret g- recordings of these jam sessions with with Cedric and Caitlin.
1: No, no, like it would just. It's just the type <laughs> of thing like I think any musician does. They would just record themselves, or or they they record like an idea for a song on their phone or like uh, on their laptop or whatever. It's it's easy to record and and produce music nowadays. It's um. I think it's a really cool thing. So, it never amounted to a real band, but it, it it was fun. Do you play bass or lead guitar? Um, I I just play guitar, but I mean, bass bass is very similar, so I mean, like you I could play, but uh, I've grown up playing and learning guitar. What what kind of guitar do you have? Um, I have like a like a custom strat. Uh, it's not exactly a Strat, I guess you would call it a, uh, this is a nerdy guitar term, like a partsocaster. you would call it, where it's just like um, different parts uh, from different brands. Um, made it a couple of years ago, and then my first guitar was a Squire 51. That's wait, the one wait, wait. I started you on 10 own, years you ago. you built your own guitar? Yeah, I mean, like yeah like you it's not really i'm not like chopping out a tree and, and build, <laughs> building the guitar body and the neck i didn't do that but like you would order the body or you would order the guitar yeah, right. neck and the tuners and all the parts and and assemble it so yeah look i did that you. a couple years back
0: look at you putting together a strath okay okay sounds good man it's it's a sexy guitar a regular, you got a regular uh eric clapton on with me who knew Kevin, mm. have an unbelievable Christmas and we'll catch up next week.
1: You too, Chris, and to everybody listening as well. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks to everybody listening. Everybody, listening. Have, a everybody have a very
0: merry Christmas. If you dig the show, give us a rating and review on iTunes and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again to Capital One's CreditWise app for sponsoring us today. Capital One created the CreditWise app so you can check your credit score anytime you want right in the app. It's free to everyone, so download CreditWise today. Availability depends on the presence of credit history from TransUnion. CreditWise is offered by Capital One Bank USA NA.